Welcome back, everyone, to the Surreality Podcast, where we're recapping shows from the celebrity era from the very beginning, and then some. Whew, I'm back. I'm excited. This is my favorite time of year. I love Halloween. By the time this episode comes out, Halloween will be passed. Work's been crazy. This is like the most popular time for weddings now, so I've been doing a bunch of makeup for weddings lately. Uh, let's see here. Justine and I just recapped Teen Mom 3, which... If anyone's out there, I have a feeling if you listen to my podcast, there's a solid chance you've watched Teen Mom before. And I know that it's not super great anymore. They're all like in their 30s buying houses, building houses, and getting plastic surgery. It's not about the struggle of a teen mom anymore, which if you're into that, you need to watch Young and Pregnant, which is great. Uh, But we're recapping Teen Mom 3, which aired back in 2013, and it was a one-and-done season. Super great. Definitely check out that episode. Uh, We'll be doing more of those pretty soon here. I also did a fantastic episode of Resting Bitch Face podcast with Julie last week, and that was such a fun episode to do. We just shot the shit, and it was so funny. We were dying laughing half the time. We talked about horror movies, MLMs, Lifetime movies, uh, the movie Fear. It was really good. It's free over on Resting Bitch Face pod. Go check it out. Let's see. What else? Uh, House of the Dragon is over, and the finale was so good oh my gosh we had to wait till 2024 for more of that just like euphoria 2024 seems so far away and i know it's not we're about to be in 2023 uh yeah uh let's see challenge is also okay um i think they just aired the fourth episode and i'm all caught up it's fine There's a few really good new people this season, which is good for the future of the franchise. Uh, Production's definitely, like, cutting corners and kind of cheating a bit. They keep bringing in these veterans, like, throughout the season so far. So, like, after... I think they've brought back, like, six vets just because they want them to not be eliminated first. So they don't bring them in until, like, an episode or two in, which is kind of cheap. But I do like most of the vets, so whatever. But today we are talking the new Surreal Life, which I did watch when it premiered almost a week ago now. Sorry this didn't come out sooner. Uh, I'm not even going to get into it. It's just been crazy. I did not know this was going to be a two-hour premiere. And once I noticed that, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) I'm probably not going to get this out in time. But we're here now. We're doing it. So far, I like it. What are you guys thinking about it? Who's, Who's seen it? Let me know what you think so far. I loved the old clips they showed right at the beginning of the premiere. Uh, We saw Flav and Bridge, um, (laughs) Janice Dickinson holding the knife over Omarosa, which is, of course, iconic. From what I've seen so far, it does seem like they have done a good job at modernizing it, but keeping it true to the original. That was something I was kind of worried about. I didn't want to watch another Teen Mom Next Chapter or another reunion-y type show, you know what I mean? Like, the seems, it's kind of got a big brother edge to it, which I like. Like, it's just put these people in a house and see what they do. Of course, they do some silly tasks, but that's, you know, that's what they did in the original, too. As far as the cast goes, I think it's pretty solid. I would have maybe liked to switch out a couple people for... <sighs> I'd say I'd maybe switch out a couple cast members for those who have more experience in acting. Like, I wish we could have seen 
more kid stars, like other than Frankie Muniz, I think that would have been great. This cast does touch most of the bases. Um, and obviously they need to stick with the times. You know, we live in a culture now that is a lot more like social media based and online based. So it is a little different, but... But that gatekeeper inside me just really wants to try to keep this as close to the original as possible. And the older seasons were a lot more focused on people who were, you know, teeny bopper stars on shows. I mean, obviously we have Kim from Living Single on this, but, and Frankie Muniz, but I wish we had more, more Nickelodeon people. I think that would have been good, especially with all the stuff coming out lately about, you know, how Nickelodeon worked and like Jeanette McCurdy's autobiography and Drake and Josh, all that kind of thing. So if slash when they do another season of this, I hope we get less like notorious people, you know, like Stormy Daniels is on here because of Trump and then August is on here mainly because of the whole Jada Pinkett Smith thing. I know he has a career, but that's just my two cents. Dennis Rodman is really surprising me so far. Like I've mentioned before, he was on Celebrity Rehab and he didn't give a lot in his season. He didn't really want to participate. Uh, I'm hoping he's maybe maybe in a better mental place here than he was then. Um, I don't think he's sober, but he seems to be a lot more engaged and willing to be a part of this. So that's really good. And he's funny. So good, good, good. Uh, Let's get into the episode. We open up in beautiful Mexico City and we see a gorgeous house, like a very (laughs) square geometric style house, very colorful. Uh, Of course, I wish they would have visited the old house, but what are you going to do? It's been like 20 years, so probably not available. And we first see Dennis Rodman pull up to the house, walk in, and he gives us his opening line, which is, I'm known for being one thing. And that's being Dennis Rodman. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. Dennis is 60 years old here at time of filming. He's 61 now. Um, We see clips of him playing for like the Lakers and the Bulls. And he talks about how the media just couldn't handle his style at the time. You know, he wasn't afraid to dress in drag. He had brightly colored hair a lot and would just wear like things that typically like a woman would wear back in, you know, the 90s and stuff. Halter tops, tight leather pants, the whole thing. And he's like, you know, I was doing that shit back then and, you know, people couldn't handle it. And now everyone's doing it. And no one even blinks an eye, which is true. Just look at Harry Styles or Little Nas X. Next, while Lotto plays, Tamar Braxton pulls up to the house, who, may I add, is looking so goddamn good lately, here included. Back when she was on Celebrity Big Brother in 2019, I think that's when her divorce was either, they either had just been finalized or they were working through it still and working through custody over her son. She wasn't in a very good place. I remember her crying a lot in the house. And of course, that's what the Big Brother house does to you. But she just looks so full of life and happy. And she mentions how she's been going to therapy. She carries around these like energy shifting ball things. You you shake them and they make like a noise. She's got a beautiful bright red getup on and her hair is all up and she walks in. This house, by the way, is very like botanical themed. Lots of color, which I like, you know, 
plants. They have leaves and branches painted on the walls. She notices Dennis's picture on the wall, so she's like, oh, Dennis must be here. She finds him sitting outside on a chair, like half in, half out. His right leg is on the patio, right is on the inside of the sliding glass door. It's weird. And this is where his ass will be parked for the next, like, two hours. I feel like this is a very dad-slash-grandpa move. But she introduces herself and mentions that, Have I met you before? Like, didn't you date my sister, Tony? And he's like, Oh, oh, we're going there, huh? He asks her when that was, and as Tamar's walking away, she yells, Google yourself! And I did. And it turns out he and Tony never officially dated. Uh, Apparently they were just kind of snuggling up on each other at the VMAs one year. And so, yeah, that's that. But Dennis Rodman does have a pretty heavy dating history. He's dated Madonna, Vivica A. Fox, Carmen Electra, of course. He was actually married to Carmen Electra for a very brief amount of time. They were married for like a week after getting married in Vegas. He filed for an annulment. They got back together. And then Carmen Electra filed for divorce, saying it was an occupational hazard to be linked to Dennis Rodman. Other than Carmen, he was married two times, his third wife being Michelle Moyer, who came on to Celebrity Rehab when he was on, and when they're doing, it's like a family visit day type of thing, and while she's there for the day visiting, she tells him that she's going to file for a divorce. That's a really heavy episode. I cannot wait to get to that season. I've talked about it. That's the season with... Mike Starr from Allison Chains, Mackenzie Phillips, Mindy McCready, uh, Tom, si- Tom Sizemore, and that crazy bitch Carrie Ann Paniche. Yeah, it's a good one. I also forgot that Dennis Rodman was on Celebrity Apprentice, and I guess his behavior on that show, I don't remember, but his behavior on that season led him getting an intervention, which led him to being on Celebrity Rehab. So we'll see. Next up, Manny MUA walks through the door. His full name is Manny Gutierrez. He describes himself as a beauty influencer online. Uh, He looks great. He's giving skin. His makeup looks on point. I don't have a lot of history with Manny MUA. I very, very briefly was into, like, the YouTube beauty game, like, I don't know, five years ago, and... It was very short-lived. I'm not into it. I don't really respect influencers, and that's probably really shitty to say. I just, I don't. I don't. But he's got around 10 million followers. He's got a good energy about him. He walks out onto the patio while Tamar and Dennis are having this conversation where Dennis is trying to get Tamar to admit, like, where she lives in LA, and she's like, I'm, I'm on camera. I can't be telling people where I live, which I agree with. I'm a fucking nobody, and I don't like people knowing where I live, even my clients at work. But Manny introduces himself, and when he goes up to Dennis, you can tell that he's really nervous. Um, He tells him what his name is. Dennis just says, nice to meet you. He doesn't reply with what his name is. (laughs) And he starts to walk away, and Dennis is like, so what do you do? And Manny's like, oh, I'm I'm a beauty influencer, I'm a guru. And he asks Dennis what he does, and... Tamar's like, excuse me, what happened? You don't know who he is? And Manny is like, oh, no, I mean, I'm just making conversation. I totally know who he is. (laughs) Next up, we get CJ Perry walking up to the house, looking fabulous. 
She's in like a blue and white tie-dye. I don't know if it's a two-piece or a onesie, but it's got cutouts on the sides that make it look makes it look like she has like a thong hanging out. Kind of reminds me of Julia Roberts' outfit in Pretty Woman, except for it's not a skirt, it's like a pantsuit. She is best known for being Lana, the ravishing Russian on WWE. Shout out, Justine, I know you're listening. Um, she introduces herself to everyone and everyone's getting along just fine. And she says, you know, like, I, I've never done anything like this before. How about you, Dennis? And he's like, what, white women? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> Tamar shakes her like stress ball things after this happens. And I just thought, oh my God, that would get so old if you were in that house. If I were in that house, I would be hiding those things in a house plant night one. Next up, we meet Kim Coles, who is also looking fabulous. She's best known as an actress from In Living Color and Living Single. Uh, other than that, she's kind of had bit roles in television throughout her career, uh, last being in 2016, and she's only been in four movies. But she does seem to have a very bright and fun personality. She is welcomed into the house with open arms, but when Manny goes up to her, he tells us that when I first saw Kim, I knew her, but I didn't, but I don't, which is a perfect description of Kim Coles. Like, when I first saw her on the cast, I recognized her, but it's like, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I know it. I know it. Next up, we get Malcolm in the Middle's Frankie Muniz pulling up to the house in a race car, I guess. He's got a helmet on. Back when he did Steve-O's podcast and talked about this show, like the first I had heard of it in a really long time, he did mention that he's pursuing racing now, so that's something he's doing. He mentions how, you know, he was a huge star during Malcolm in the Middle and he was nominated for Emmys and stuff and... After Malcolm in the Middle ended, he stepped away from the limelight and was offered some roles in these really big movies and how he probably should have done them. And I was like, well, that's not true, Freddy. You did Big Fat Liar. Uh, But everyone in the house knows who he is, except for Dennis, who he like has an idea who he is. Uh, A producer has to tell him in a talking head that he was on Malcolm Malcolm in the Middle and that was, you know, a big show. And Dennis like, oh, well, whatever. Uh, Dennis is reminding me of my grandpa. (laughs) Like 100% the way he's talking and the jokes he's making, he's reminding me of my grandpa who, you guessed it, is also an alcoholic. While Kim, Frankie, and Manny are all walking up the stairs, they kind of start to talk about Dennis and then they realize the three of them are all sober. None of them drink. They have an instant bond over this. And in that Steve-O podcast I was talking about, Frankie did mention this. He says how he wouldn't have made it throughout the show without Kim or Manny. They refer to themselves as the S3 for being sober. And yeah, when this happened, I just thought to myself, like, wow, three out of eight people who are sober on the show, like that's almost half the cast. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Tamar and CJ decide that they're going to be roommates. Next up, August Alsina shows up to the house, and I do not know a lot about this guy, but I will say this motherfucker is fine. Oh, he is so sexy. He just oozes sex appeal. Great set of teeth as well. He mentions how the thing with fame is that, you know, people can take a set of 15 second clips of you and just, you know, decide who you are as a person based off that, which is totally true. Then, of course, we see all the headlines and stuff about uh, entanglement, entanglement, Jada Pickett Smith, meh. I wonder where August was when the slap happened (laughs) and if he felt partially responsible. A producer asks about the entanglement and August just says, you know, 
I have nothing to say about that. He's giving Newt. She has no energy to give to it, which I respect. Fine. He walks up to the crew all hanging out on the couch, except for Dennis, and Tamar immediately gets up and gives August a big ol' hug, and she mentions how they were on a plane together once, and it was around when her divorce was happening and being publicized, and he just, you know, let her know that he's there for her if she needs anything, and yeah, that's nice. August mentions how he's naturally a control freak, and part of the reason he's here is to learn to succumb to a situation, you know, just try to go with the flow, which I think makes sense. He picks a room that has two beds, not super close together, but two beds in the same vicinity, and he knows he's going to be getting, like, a mystery roommate at some point, but they don't know who it is yet. And then, uh, everyone goes to bed. It kind of just happened really fast. Everyone goes night-night. We don't get any, like, anyone drinking or anything like that. I've never traveled to Mexico, so I'm not sure if it's exhausting or not. And then this is where we find out that Dennis Rodman likes to sleep buck-ass naked. I'm not gonna knock that at all. I know a lot of people that do this. It's morning, it's a new day in the workroom, and we get a peek into everyone's morning routines. Um, There's a funny moment where Manny opens the fridge and a bunch of shit falls out, and he's like, why am I like this dude? (laughs) Can relate. Um, August likes to meditate in the morning, no surprise there. We learn that Frankie Muniz is a huge neat freak and he can't, like, function when he sees mess. Uh, Tamar says how she usually does her sit-ups in bed in the morning, and then, of course, we see her just laying in bed looking at her phone. So, the cast have their phones this season, it looks like. And speaking of, everyone's hanging out in the kitchen, they get a package, and it is the Surreal Life House cell phone, and this is what they're gonna be using instead of the Surreal Times. Which, I get. I mean, of course, they're not gonna continue to use a newspaper, They gotta update it, it's gotta be a cell phone, and I do think it's cute that they're doing anything at all. Like, I appreciate them still doing something like this. It's kind of like on the challenge when they get a clue on their new sidekick. They get a text and it says, Welcome to the Surreal Life Experience. Every day you will receive a message on this phone about what you will be doing. Carry it with you everywhere and take pictures and videos of your once-in-a-lifetime adventure. Next, we see Manny and Frankie chilling, and they're getting to know each other. Manny asks Frankie how old he is, and he says 35. I definitely thought Frankie Muniz was older than me. Like, I'm about to turn 32, but I thought he was more older than me. (laughs) Oh, fuck my life. And Frankie says, and he, I guess he's a smaller guy. Uh, I feel like people appear larger on TV, so I bet if I did meet him in person, I'd be like, holy shit, you are really small. But he says that he can't shop in the men's section at stores. Like, he has to go to the kids' section. But hey, it's cheaper. I will say... I do love a lot of kids shit, and I know that sounds fucking crazy, especially since I just told you I'm 32, but, like, I want some light-up shoes. I have always wanted light-up shoes since I've been an adult. I'm sure they make them for, like, $200, but I ain't paying that. But as far as the clothes and stuff goes, like, give me all the sequins, all the rainbows, like, yes. Speaking of, I just realized I totally blanked on giving any of the other cast ages other than Dennis Rodman, and I do this every fucking time, every season, I swear to God. Let's see, Kim Coles was 58 filming this, I believe, 58, 59. Frankie just said he's 35. Manny's 29. 
August is clocking in as the youngest cast member at 28. CJ is 35-36. Tamar is 44, I believe, here. And Stormy, who hasn't arrived yet, is 42. They get a text message, and it's a riddle slash rhyme of sorts. It says, ringside seats are not enough to find out if you're all that tough. Hiding out in plain sight is a revealing way to win the fight. And Kim Coles just says, boxing. (laughs) And it reminds me of in season six of RuPaul's Drag Race when they get the clue about whatever challenge they're doing and Adora goes, oh my god, we're gonna box each other. (laughs) And Courtney's like, where'd you get that from? No one knows what's going on. Frankie guesses they might be going like bull riding or some shit, but... They get in their black SUVs. I have no idea what they no idea what they are. Uh, it's a Chevy of some sort. They're all black. They're probably like Uber blacks or something. But we don't get the surreal life van, which sucks. That sucks a lot. They arrive at what they call the Arena Mexico. They walk in, and it's a huge stadium set up for a wrestling match. Justine, I know you're listening to this. Uh, CJ is totally in her element right now. Um, I hope you're able to watch this. You See, Justine told me that in Canada, she has no idea where to find this new season of Surreal Life, which really sucks. Uh, maybe by now she's able to watch this. Uh, I hope so. Justine from the Shore Store is like the only wrestling fan I know. So whenever I see anything wrestling related, I just automatically think of her now. But when Tamar walks in, she goes, oh, I knew it was Nacho Libre. (laughs) CJ says that she thinks she actually has performed in this arena before. And she lets us know that she actually just got released from the WWE a month before this, which... I don't know a lot about this whole universe, but that has to suck because what else do you do other than WWE? Like, I've seen some local wrestlers on like Instagram from around here and it's like when you're not performing in these huge stadiums or like on Monday Night Raw or whatever, are you just in like a school gym? Like where else do you perform if you're not involved with the WWE? I looked it up because I wanted to see if CJ Perry was fired from the WWE from like for some crazy reasons you never know these days and it wasn't really anything interesting. She just got let go. Uh, She was involved in a Twitch controversy where I guess she showed up in a bikini and then got the person she was filming with suspended. I guess being in a bikini on Twitch is a no-no. Okay. Um, Her husband was fired from the WWE back in 2020 though for being for like criticizing the WWE's COVID-19 safety precautions and saying how like they weren't testing anybody and he wasn't comfortable. So yeah, that could be related, I guess. Anyways, the crew find out that they all have to come up with a wrestling alter ego and there's materials backstage. So they get to do some five minute drag here and they just want to be able to express themselves like show us who you are through this character. Cool. Love it. They go backstage and the room is filled with like lycra, glitter, shiny materials, leotards, masks, boots, you name it. They have everything they could imagine. If this were me, I would be in some thigh high boots, like fully glitter body paint, my tits to my chin. Oh God, love it. 
And here we find out that Dennis Rodman actually has experience in the wrestling world. I had no idea. He said that he started wrestling when he was like 34, 35 after he was done with basketball. And then we get a picture of Dennis and Hulk Hogan, friend of the pod. I love whenever I get a crossover on any of these shows. Obviously, I'm covering things kind of from the same genre. And whenever it does happen, I'm fully that picture of Leo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like pointing at the TV. (laughs) So I've covered Hogan Knows Best on this show, and I had no expectations of seeing Hulk Hogan on my screen when it came to this show. Hilarious. Anyway, apparently Hulk Hogan approached Dennis and told him, like, you could make a killing in the wrestling world. Like, go fucking go for it, man. And apparently he did. So now it's time to see what the crew has come up with in terms of their characters and stuff. And we get a guy in the ring doing the, like, let's get ready to rumble, but not. And first we see Kim, and her look is a choice. Um... She looks like the chicken lady from Kids in the Hall to me. She's got, like, feathers on her head, a mask, a blue cape. And she decided that her name is La Luna Celestial, which is Celestial Moon, I guess. She says her name is all about positivity and coming from a place of light. So, great. Awesome. Next up, we get Manny, who looks like himself. He's just wearing a gold jacket and some, like, black and gold shiny pants. And he's got, I mean, he's wearing makeup, obviously, but he just has, like, some rhinestones around his eyes. Like, the kids at Euphoria wear more makeup than this. And I don't know. I thought it was a cop-out. Um, he says his name is El... Oh my God, I'm so sorry, you guys. I, I'm going to butcher these names. I, I didn't take any Spanish past elementary school. I took French like a dumbass. Uh, his name is El Celestito, El Solicito, which stands for the little son. And I didn't know this. I guess that Manny grew up Mormon. He just he mentioned that here and says that he just wants to be himself. Great, awesome. Next up, we get Miss Tamar Braxton, who looks incredible as per usual. She's got like these tight high-waisted short bottoms on and a cape. Uh, She has like a blue sparkly bikini top on. She's got rhinestones going down the middle of her face. Her hair is up and she has named herself Carne Asada (laughs) because she said it's the only thing she can say well in Spanish, which is great. I love that so much. While she's twirling around and showing off her look, though, there is fully a nip slip. Uh, the, the producers, editors, whoever caught it. Uh, but all of a sudden, there's some, like, showgirls, TV version-esque, like, red dots floating around her boobs. And it's totally a nip slip moment. But they caught it. They caught it. Next up, we have August, who... His name is the Hot Tamale, and his they have like wrestling moves. I haven't been mentioning it, but his is called the Entangle Hold, and I just love it because they're really pushing this entanglement joke on. They have for the past thirty minutes the episode's been on. Tamar's made like five jokes about it in her talking heads, and she laughs every time. It's good. Um, his look is okay. He's got a green sombrero on, a sequin sparkly mask a jacket, and he's got one furry rainbow boot on, just one, which, okay, fine, sure. 
he's really terribly throwing around a lasso, uh, but he's feeling himself. He says that he loves this. This is exactly how he wants to express himself in this moment. There's a whole different side to him that people don't know, and he's ready to show it, which is great. That's awesome. Next up, we have Frankie, whose name is El Pequino Limpiador, which is the tiny cleaner. Um, Really good. I love it. He's got head to toe. He's got like a black... I'm guessing it's Lycra tied up jumpsuit on a helmet. He's painted a black stripe over his eyes and he walks out carrying a mop. Obviously, he's making reference to his obsession with, you know, being clean and neat. But he's fully playing into this role. I love it. He's like throwing the mop around all aggressively and gurring into the camera. It's great. Then we have CJ come out, and of course she looks amazing, because she always looks amazing. Uh, Her name is Svetlana. She's come out as her regular WWE wrestling alter ego, which, a little cheap in my opinion, but what are you going to do? This is obviously her, you know, namesake, so... Uh, She looks good. She's got a full red gimmick on. She's got a feather boa. She's done some red rhinestones around her eyes. Yeah. And she puts on her Russian accent and introduces, last but not least, Dennis, who has called himself, who's calling himself Rodzilla. He tells us that apparently this is the name Hulk gave him. Like, it's a play on Godzilla, obviously. And I could see Hulk just being really proud of himself for this. Like, oh, Godzilla, you should call yourself Rodzilla, brother. And it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if every Monday night when they do karaoke at Hogan's Hangout and Hulk is there, if he tells every single person he talks to, he gave Dennis Rodman his wrestling name. We go back to the house and everyone's just hanging out in the like living area and they find out someone's pulling up to their house. The final house guest is arriving. We get shoes on the pavement walking up to the house. And of course it is Stormy Daniels who either didn't want to participate in the wrestling competition or must have had something she was doing, a prior engagement. I don't know. But she walks in. Kim Coles immediately knows who she is. We cut to August giving a complete straight face. He's realizing that this is going to be his roommate, which I don't know why that's a problem. Like, I would, I don't know. Stormy seems like a fine roommate. I don't know. It's not like she has a history of having like a hoarder house that I know of, at least. What do I know? Like, does she have a violent history we don't know about? Like, what does it matter if you share a room with her? Uh, Yeah, then we get a montage of, like, Stormy walking in and out of courtrooms, news clippings from when the news broke out about her allegedly being paid to keep quiet after she had sex with Donald Trump. Gross. And we get Stormy's first talking head of the season. They do the, like, marker thing in front of her face, and she's like, Hi, I'm probably most famous for the worst 90 seconds of my life when I had sex with Donald Trump. She says her main goal of the show is to, you know, clear up some misconceptions about her and to tell everyone what really went down that day and what she's been up to for the past four years. You can tell Stormy, like, really had a plan when it came to her entrance. Like, I feel like she rehearsed a lot of the things she's saying, which is fine, When she brings up, like, all the rumors and things she wants to clear up, Manny's like, what do you mean? I have no idea what you're referring to. 
And her reply is, oh, are we going to address the orange elephant in the room right now, right away? It's like, you've been planning that for weeks. Like, she couldn't wait to use that line. But Manny and CJ both apparently don't know her history. But yeah, so she lets him know that apparently one night uh, she and Donald Trump were in a hotel room. She went to the restroom and when she came out, he was sitting on the corner of the bread, the bread, bed, naked, and she didn't know what to do. She froze. The door to leave was on the complete opposite end of the room. And then before she knew it, she was underneath him. He was having sex with her and it lasted 90 seconds and the end. Well, not the end, actually, because I guess that happened 10 years before he ran for presidency. And then, of course, he offered to pay her off. She says she did not take the money. And she went on TV for free to, you know, prove that she was telling the truth. And she said she did all these interviews and then they would cut out a lot of information and just talk about the whole them sleeping together thing. Um, I mean, from what she's saying, it doesn't really sound like she had sex with him at all. It kind of sounds more like rape to me. She also says that he had offered to set up with production for the Celebrity Apprentice for her to win. And I looked into that a little bit and she was never on it. I guess he had told her this previous to filming. And then before you know it, they had cast Jenna Jameson instead of Stormy. And he was just like, oh, sorry, babe. I don't know what you want me to do. But I guess she had also leaked all this political information, uh, stuff about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton talking on the phone, and he had used a bunch of racial slurs in front of her, and she said she had talked about that in the interviews, and they cut it all out. They just made it all about this slut that had sex with Donald Trump. And that really does suck for her. I mean, wherever you fall on, like, the political spectrum, whoever you voted for, whatever, I think we can all agree Sex with Donald Trump sounds terrible. (laughs) And she has all these things she's done in her career. I guess she's an author, a comedian, and obviously a actress. And she, she isn't known for any of that. She's only known as the woman who, yeah, like I already said. And yeah, I mean, I'm guilty. I, other than hearing about that back when it was being talked about in the news. The only other time I have even heard the name Stormy Daniels was when they did the Trump musical in RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race season 11, where she was played by Akira C. Davenport and like they didn't really get into her character much. She was very much off to the side in that. But she also lives in New Orleans. She lives in a haunted church in New Orleans. I guess that's also where August is from. She's also a parent, an equestrian, a paranormal investigator, a ghost hunter, and she reads tarot cards. I love that. That's so cool. Then Tamar brings up this doll that Stormy walked in with. She's got just like a very generic, like blonde doll. I don't know. It's something you can find in any store, any thrift store. It's not that creepy looking. It's just a little, yeah. Stormy says that that's her doll that protects her from evil spirits. She brings it with her when she goes ghost hunting and all that. And this sends the whole house into a spiral. August is like, there is no way that doll is being in the same room that I sleep in. (sighs) Relax. Relax, everyone. Like, I... 
I don't know. I thought this was really silly. I literally have a Chucky and Tiffany doll in my kitchen looking at me right now. This kind of stuff doesn't freak me out at all. But everyone's like, eh, eh, eh. August immediately lights up a, I don't know what you call it, a bundle of sage. And then he starts saying how, you know, he doesn't feel like he needs a roommate. He is already out of his element. He's already not in his safe space. So he likes the room that he's in and that just is what it is. And no one else is going to live with him, especially not Stormy in that doll. This is such a dick move. Where do you get off? Like, you're participating in this. You're getting paid for this. You have a roommate. You're not Charo. You're not Tammy Faye Baker. It is what it is. Then August walks up the stairs. So his room is set up really weird, like I said before. So, like, he has his room, and then attached to his room is another little bedroom section without a door attached. And that bed, like, overlooks the whole living room. So he walks upstairs and throws the mattress over the railing. And it's not a far fall, it's like a 10-foot fall, but still, it was not necessary. And then CJ helps him move it, like, down around the stairs and they just leave it like in the center of the living room and the way they show it makes it look like they just decided where they were going to throw this mattress it wasn't like hey like the roommate thing we're not feeling it um is there somewhere you would rather sleep can we put this somewhere like it just looks like they just made that decision on stormy's behalf i don't like that it was very like bad girls club slash the challenge they've done this But I know how these shows can be, so obviously there might have been more going on. But while this is happening, we see Stormy telling the remaining people in the living room, just like, you know, I was homeless for two months that last year. This isn't a big deal. I can sleep anywhere. If he doesn't want me in his living area, I don't want to be in his living area either. Like, it's fine. I'll live. Who knows? Maybe there was a whole conversation they didn't show where Stomy's like, fine, I don't have to sleep in your room, but you're moving my fucking bed because I have no problem sleeping there. You do. So therefore you get to move it. Tamar makes a joke about how she wouldn't expect Stormy to be able to walk in the house and expect everyone to be all warm and cozy to her when she brought the bride at Chucky. And it's like, whoa, 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 Tamar. That doll is no Tiffany. Watch your mouth. Manny lets us know how now the energy in the house is really awkward. Um, The whole bed situation has kind of stirred things up. And as you guys know, this is just going to be the start of this whole season. Like, this is only the premiere. And all things considered, like, it's gone really well so far. Everyone's getting along up until this moment. But we're getting going to get fights. We're going to get physical. This season's going to be a mess from what I've heard. I cannot wait. Um... But yeah, production tells them that they're going to have a nice family dinner at the house. So everyone gets dressed up and everyone looks amazing. They sit down and there is wait staff there serving them dinner. And as one of the guys is pouring champagne to Kim for Kim, um, he says something in Spanish and she replies in Italian and immediately is like, oh, fuck, that's Italian. My bad. Tamar says grace and in there she makes a comment about like please god don't let us get sick or fat and everyone kind of looks at her and Tamar is fresh off her weight loss here so I think that's just on the very forefront on her mind I thought it was funny I could see how some people wouldn't but I thought it was funny Dennis asks the wait staff for a double shot of espresso but he's just like yelling like not so much yelling but he's just being like espresso 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 like it's that family but guy bit like it's a jackal jackal it's a jackal 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 
So he's just saying espresso over and over again, thinking that'll either make it come faster or make them realize what he's asking. Like, I'm sure they know what espresso is. And then Stormy is the first one to have herself an alcoholic beverage. It looks like she's having some champagne. And Dennis is like, oh, okay. Like, I like you. And Stormy tells us that she has had numerous encounters with Dennis and she knows him very well, but not in that way. Meaning they've never slept together. Manny suggests that they all play two truths and a lie. And I love shit like this. I love that game when you like put someone famous on someone's head and they have to guess who they are. I love all that stupid party game shit. I'm not going to repeat these all verbatim, but Manny lies about having sex in Ibiza and reveals that he has had sex at the in a gym locker room and an In-N-Out parking lot. And to that I say, you best believe you would find me fucking in an In-N-Out parking lot before a gym locker room because I fucking hate the gym. I'm never there. Stormy reveals she was arrested for trying to steal a police horse once upon a time. Kim reveals that after Living Single got canceled, she fell into a depression and spent all of her money she had made. And at one point she had $27 to her name. She says shopping was her coping mechanism for dealing with her depression. I understand how that happens. And I feel like this is something we would have heard back on the original season. So that's, I want to say it's nice because it's terrible because that's, Kim Cole should have more than $27 in her bank account. But I think her mentioning that just shows she's the perfect candidate to be on The Surreal Life, if you understand what I'm saying. And then this is when things start to get a little heated. So of course, as you can imagine, I got very excited here. Because we're here for the drama. This is what we want. But Dennis asks August what the next six months look like for August. And August has like literally just put a bite of food in his mouth. He's chewing and he's pondering his answer. And Dennis keeps being like, are you going to answer the question? Are you going to answer the question? Like, what's your answer? And Tamar and a couple other people are like, just let him, let him answer. Like, calm down. And once August tries to answer, he starts giving like a very roundabout philosophical answer. Like he's talking about like, I think the people in your life determined, and he gets interrupted. Dennis interrupts him and he says, are you going to let me answer the motherfucking question or what? Everyone's telling Dennis to shut the fuck up and let August answer the question that Dennis asked him. And then August decides, oh no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to answer anymore. Like, dude, if you're going to ask me a question, let me fucking answer it. Don't ask me a question and then keep interrupting me. Dennis then replies with just, well, I'm just going to not talk for the next two days then. (laughs) August kind of rolls his eyes and is like, what the fuck's the point of that? Like, why? Why are you not going to talk for the next two days? August then says how he thinks that Dennis, like, isn't able to communicate with other people well, efficiently, whatever, because... Dennis has been Dennis and been living in Dennis' world for so long. I get what he's saying. Like, Dennis has been a really high-profile figure for so long. He's had dope money, money I will never be able to touch, that it probably does, like, make you disconnect from reality and not function like your average Joe. Dennis is like, you're right. It's true. And I do want to connect with that world because I've been living in this world for so long and it hurts. Like, it's hard to handle. 
I don't disagree at all with August here. I think he's definitely, you know, right about that. I also think that just Dennis Rodman and August Aslina they just come from very different worlds. Like, they're both famous, but, I mean, Dennis Rodman at this point is 60 years old. August is in his late 20s. They come from very different times. Like, even though Dennis is very, was very ahead of his time in terms of, like, styling and, you know, being comfortable in his sexuality and still dressing a certain way, which is more normal now, um, I don't think Dennis is, like, vibing, if you know what I'm saying. Like, Dennis ain't getting up in the morning and doing yoga and, like, when August lit up his big bundle of sage earlier, it wouldn't have surprised me if Dennis, like, tried to grab it and smoke it thinking it was a huge joint or something. August just seems, like, very into energies and wellness. He's probably, like, in touch with all of his chakras or whatever. And I just don't think Dennis Rodman gets that. We then get some sad, somber music as the captions, because I, of course, watch my shows with closed captioning because I'm 89 years old. Dennis tells us that the real reason he did this show is to show the world the other side of an athlete, a book writer, entertainer, you know, they have emotions too, but he wants everyone to know the real side of him, (laughs) which they made this like a big moment, but I think this is what everyone has said so far. (laughs) why they're there but that's how the episode ends solid start you guys I'm pretty happy with how this opened I know we have a lot more stuff coming I didn't know it was going to be a two-hour premiere I'll tell you that they definitely slapped me in the face with that one at the worst possible time um so I'm only going to release the first part of the premiere for now and then I'll try to catch up and do the second one before next Thursday as far as my feelings on the cast so far, I I like everyone. I think this is a solid cast as far as like personalities go. I like them mostly. Um, I'd say August is my least favorite right now. You know, I just think he comes off kind of rude and egotistical. And judging off of what Frankie said in his interview with Steve-O, he straight up just said August isn't a good person. Like, he didn't get along with him at all. And he just, yeah, he said, like, yeah, he's just not a good person. Like, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it's true. So I'm excited to see what makes him believe that. Maybe Frankie Muniz is a huge asshole. I have no idea. I'm also just really not into that whole, like, vibes, vibes, man. Like, I never have been. Like, good for him. That's great. I know that that's something... Like, mental health. I believe in mental health, you know, and having to take your time. And I don't think you should have to necessarily... I don't want to say that. I was going to say you don't... You shouldn't do things that you don't want to do. Like, obviously, we have to do that day to day. At least most of us do. But I just think... God, I'm putting my foot in my mouth so bad right now. I just think sometimes people use that to their advantage. Like, oh, yeah, that's just not really my... I'm not feeling the energy here and... When people try to, like, call out other people's behavior or blame their own, like, toxic traits on their horoscope, or, I'm sorry, like, their zodiac signs, that's another one that makes me roll my eyes back into my head. I will say, though, this last round of Mercury in retrograde made me a believer. That shit went on, like, for a month, and I just felt like I was seeing everything around me crumble before my eyes. Like, not even just in my life, but, like, people I love's life as well. And it was just, like, everyone I knew was just holding on for dear life until October hit. But, yeah, sometimes shit just sucks. And that's what being an adult is, I guess. But 
that's it, you guys. That's where I'm going to cut it off. Like I said, I'm going to come at you with the second half of the premiere as soon as I can. I'm very happy to be here covering this with you all. I seem to have gotten a lot more listeners over this last week here. I think people have been waiting for this recap. I'm so sorry it's late. I'm planning on focusing a lot on recording this weekend, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Justine and I have another Teen Mom 3 episode coming at you soon, and we want to have a guest on soon, and we have a couple ideas. Um, yeah. Let me know what you guys are thinking of the season and the cast so far. You can find me on Instagram at SurrealityPod, and you can always send hate mail to SurrealityPod at gmail.com.